Welcome to Humans Are Us, Human Lives, Human Stories, a podcast about ordinary people living extraordinary lives. These are the stories of people that said yes to themselves. Their experiences have helped to make them who they are in this moment. By sharing their personal stories, we hope to inspire others to live their truth. This is a podcast about growth and being one's true, authentic self. Please be advised, this podcast contains adult content and language. Welcome to Humans Are Us. I'm your host, MJ Love. Today's guest is Cameron. Originally from Cape Breton, they moved to Toronto in September 2012 to attend Rudolph's College for the Performing Arts Theatre Program. They are a cat parent to the adorable Wednesday, perform as a slice of Helen, and is a trans non-binary human who has decided to say goodbye to their nipples. Hello, Cameron. Thanks for being here today. How are you? Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm good. So I'm going to start off with the very exciting news about Elliot Page. Yes. Which is amazing. I think it's so great that they have decided to live their truth. Um, I bet it could be quite scary to announce that to a public in the way that they did. Right. Obviously, not everyone is going to have that experience as a trans person since they were so famous prior to. But the one thing that has come up on a lot of media attentions, a lot of people have been using their dead name. And so just for our listeners... Um, I'm going to explain what a dead name is. So a dead name is the name a trans person was given at birth. And just to be clear, it is no longer their name and it shouldn't be used. So as someone who's gone through this process, can you explain why this is the case and why it's so important? It's interesting because Elliot has like, you know, been in the public eye. I think, I think people do forget that, that that is still a person like it doesn't it doesn't matter if a celebrity or not like that's a human you're still talking about it doesn't matter if you'll never meet them in real life they still deserve that respect you know i did read something and actually it, they said that they had made the conscious decision to just use elliot's dead name just for the first announcement people will know who it is and it's just yeah it's unnecessary i mean google exists you can people can figure it out if they if they really care so that much it's not that hard so it is it is important to just respect that and yeah i've gone through it myself i i believe even um you know i had family members who thought they could almost use they were using my dead name and Cameron in the same sentence they were just like so you know who they were talking about but it's it's kind of hard to forget like that a trans person has transitioned so it's 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 likely that they'll know who you're talking about <laughs> if you just use uh, that person's name well yeah I think um specifically in Elliot's case they're not giving the public a lot of credit to understand who they were talking about. It is not that complicated. Right. Yeah. 
it's pretty easy to figure out. And the same goes for any kind of trans person in your life. Like I get it. You know, if you're used to referring to someone by a specific name initially, yeah, you might have a slip up there here and there. Of course. Which is understandable, but the way it was portrayed in the media was more of a, here's an explanation which is, was unnecessary. I think it's an unnecessary explanation, but I suppose if we look at it in the positive, at least it's getting the conversation started that, Hey, don't do that. Right. Yes. And I think, yeah. So hopefully that's a takeaway people get to not do that. Uh. Their post was so positive. If you read their post at all, um, any of the listeners, like it was so positive. It was such a moment of joy for them. So I don't want to take that away from them um, at all. But I'm so in a way I'm trying to see a positive here that we're all learning. Please don't do that. So don't use dead names. That's the lesson learned here. <laughs> Love it. Uh, we're all learning together. We're going to switch topics a little bit and In April 2019, you had your top surgery. So I'm going to explain that again for listeners in case they don't know what that means. So top surgery is defined as surgery performed on the chest as part of gender reassignment, especially to remove breast tissue and produce a masculine appearance of the chest in female to male surgery. So can you talk a little bit about the process you went through to obtain your top surgery and really what that having it done meant for you personally in your transition and how it made you kind of change your life. Cause I'm assuming it changed your life. Absolutely. Uh, I, I think to an extent uh, it was something that I always wanted, even if I didn't know I wanted it. I think when I finally came to that realization that it was something I wanted, I could then reflect back and think, oh, yeah, like if I had known that was an option, I probably would have wanted it sooner. That's the case too, you know? I think I just didn't, for so long, just didn't even know it was an option. It's not a very fast process. It's so you know, you decide you want this life-changing thing and then you have to, then you have to wait a while for it to happen. So, uh, yeah, that waiting period is probably the toughest because I think that's when, that's when you want it the most is, you know, when you see that date and it's so far away. Yeah. And when I say it's something I didn't know I wanted because I had been out you know, as non-binary, I was using they, them pronouns, but I wasn't, you know, it was before I even started to take testosterone or anything. I, I got my first binder and a binder is sort of a, like a chest compression for those who don't know to like make a, the appearance of a flat chest. And when I got one, I, thought, oh, you know, like, I'll just wear it maybe on, like, special occasions. I'll just wear it when I want that appearance. Uh, it it won't really be, like, an everyday thing. And I remember trying it on for the first time and just thinking, oh, no. Like, this is, 
this is amazing and I'm going to need to wear this every single day because I just, I felt so much better. I felt like, yes, like this is how I would like to look. This is how I would like folks to see me. And then one day the waiting was over and it happened and it was great. Like I never looked back. Like it was, it was, it was life changing. It's great. That's amazing. Um, so how long approximately from the day you kind of like was like, Oh my goodness, this is an option. I don't have to wear this binder anymore, which I've never worn one myself, but I hear it is not pleasant and I can't imagine that it is pleasant. (laughs) Um, like I don't even wear bras because they're so uncomfortable. So, (laughs) uh, but you know, approximately how long did it take? Like, are we talking six months, a year? I'm going to say like probably less than two years, but um, I think around the the two year mark. Yeah, that's a really long time. It was something that I kind of was thinking about. And then maybe a year and a half away, I decided, okay, yes, this is something I definitely want to do. And, um, my appointment did get moved. So it was about a a year on just the doctor's waiting list. And I say a year just because I I did get in a little sooner than I had first thought because there was a cancellation. So they let me go in a bit sooner, which is great. But yeah, it would have been about a year and a half just on that list pretty much. (laughs) That is a very long time to wait for something like this. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it does, it really does, you know, it saves lives. So I, I withstood the wait, but um, for some people who like, it's not an option for, they don't have the support to do, you know, they don't, they don't stick out that weight. They don't make it out. So I was very fortunate to, have had the support I had in waiting (laughs) to know it was going to happen to one day be here. All healed and great. And I think it is such an amazing thing to have the option. Unfortunately, like you said, like it's not an option for everybody. And that breaks my heart um, to think that, you know, you don't connect with the body you're in and you have this part of your body that you really don't want and you don't really have, unfortunately, a lot of agency over that. It sounds like. Yeah, for sure. It's a lot of waiting on other people. It is. Yeah. That's the thing too. You know, like there's even just to get that doctor's appointment, you almost have to, you have to prove to another doctor that that you are trans and that you are experiencing these things. So it's just kind of a cycle of proving yourself. Even when I started testosterone, like I was identifying as non-binary and like I wouldn't even tell my doctor that, you know, I was just, I thought any doubt would take that away from me. So the things we do to like, <laughs> to just, you know, get what we deserve. 
well, yeah. And I was like, and be, be you, to be honest, like, you know, this is just you becoming more of who you are. And I think I agree, like everyone has that right, no matter what it is. So it's, it's sad to me that you have to, it feels like you have to jump through so many hoops. Like, I'm sorry, who would legitimately go to a doctor and be like, hi, I want to have top surgery. Like if they really didn't want it. I know if you didn't want it. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it, that's the thing. It doesn't happen. Yeah. That's a funny way of putting it, but yeah, that's the thing I always think like yeah. when it comes to wanting this type of surgery, I don't understand why it's so difficult because I don't see that person. Yeah. It's like, are you sure? Like, I know I do not go to the doctors unless I absolutely need to. So like, (laughs) well, speaking of doctors, I know um, you did have your top surgery done like a year and a half ago ish, a little more we're rounding here in August when you went and got laser done on your scars in hopes of like reducing that scar tissue, because it does happen where you will have obviously scars there. Uh, You are having surgery. And um, so what kind of was that process like? This has been a weird ride. So I basically, I, I absolutely like I 100% chose to have these scars. I knew it was going to happen. And I did, I had this image in my head of what everything would look like. And to be honest, like I came out of that surgery and my test did not look the way I had anticipated or wanted. And it just looked, yeah, it just looked different than my, than the expectations that I had set. So after, you know, sitting on that for about a year, I thought, okay, I'm still feeling this way. Talked about it in therapy. Like there's like, there's only so much work you can do. (laughs) Like you still feel this way. And I thought, you know what? I still feel how I'm feeling. Um, I'm going to see like what my options are to, to, to change this, you know, like I went, I went through all that just to not be like 100% satisfied with the outcome. So, and the first option I looked into was the laser scar removal, which would have been, about six treatments. And I went in just for the first one in August. It's just what it sounds like. It's this very strong laser, just kind of burning uh, like that top layer of your skin. So my hope with that was if my scars had gone away, that I would then maybe be okay with my nipple placement if I couldn't see the scars anymore. And after the first session, you know, they called me to book the second one and I thought, no, this isn't going to work. So I did go back to see the doctor and said, I don't, I don't think it's my scars that are the issue. Like I, I actually love having scars. Like I, I chose this. I wanted this so much. Like I think, I think I don't like where my nipples are. Because with, you know, with a double mastectomy, um, they pretty much take them off, reshape them, and put them right back on. So, <laughs> um, yeah, they were off on a table somewhere, and someone put them back on, and I was a- and I was asleep for that. Which I have to say, like, I know it's a very serious thing, but at the same time, it's such a funny image. 
I know. I know. I think about like, yeah, it's a good, uh, it's a good party story that your nipples are once lying on a table. And you know, I, I was asleep for that. So the doctor couldn't ask me where I wanted them in that moment, which is fair. Um, and also things change, you know? Oh yeah. And it, you have to like wait for it to heal because what it looks like right out of surgery. Absolutely. Yeah. Things heal and your body does change after something like that. So, so yeah. So I did have to wait about, yeah, about a year and a half before really making the next move just to see what my body did like naturally on its own. Well, it is such a process because you are making a significant change to your body and your body is obviously adjusting to that change. Since you're no longer deciding to go the laser route, like your journey is about making yourself feel the best you can. And since you're not happy with your nipples, you've decided to go nipple free, which is what I'm calling it. Nipple free. So they will take them off your body and not put them back on, which I love. Yes. Well, not these ones, not the ones, not the ones I was born with and not the ones made from my actual skin and tissue. But I mean, long story short, like I, I think I will get them off and then, and then for like, just like kind of aesthetic reasons, I think I'll get them tattooed back on and I'm not a tattoo person. I never thought that would ever have a tattoo i actually thought no i would not have a tattoo but um i feel like these are tattoos but at the same time it's for a different reason yes of course it's almost like medical tattoo in a way but it's still art it's still like it's absolutely that the i've seen pictures and they're beautiful. These are beautiful tattooed nipples. <laughs> and the best part of you going this route is you get to choose where they are and you get to choose what they look like. We don't like the rest of us don't get that choice. Yeah, that is true. You know, it's just, it's just another step in your journey of, you know, becoming fully Cameron. Right. It wasn't necessarily a step that I, had anticipated, but you know, here we are. I didn't think I cared so much about my nipples, but apparently I do. It does sound like you spent a lot of time thinking about them. I do. I do. I honest to God, like I go into therapy and I'm thinking, I can't mention my nipples again. Oh my God, this poor woman can't listen to me talk about my nipples again. And I tell her that she's like, no, like she's so sweet. Of course she'll listen to me talk about it. But actually I've, I've talked about it quite less now that I've made this decision. I, I really do feel um, a bit more at peace with this decision. I feel like now I'm kind of in like a temporary body again, or a temporary chest again, but without that uh, weight literally and physically like I don't you know this weight will be slightly less uh, bothersome because I do have that flat appearance I am very thankful and you know grateful to have the chest I have right now and I I feel like I can live with this one for a little bit but of course I am looking at long term and I do I do want ultimate say on 
what it looks like. And I think that's something, you know, something will happen and change, but you really can't prepare for how you're going to feel afterwards. And you can't really prepare for what exactly it's going to look like and then how you'll feel about that. That's just kind of what I'm doing. I'm just taking it. This is how I feel. I went through all that. I may as well have it look like how I want it to look. I think that's a a great lesson in listening to yourself and figuring out a solution that really works for you because it is very personal. It's your body. Like that's the most personal thing about you. So I think it's great that you're looking towards a future of having a body that you're truly happy with. Because like you said, you went through all this. It would be like, just go all the way. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and and it's great because like, I didn't know you before your top surgery. We met not that long ago. Um, But you know, I, I can imagine how happy that made you. So I can imagine how amazing it's going to feel to, you know, look in the mirror, look down and be like, yeah. And when you told me about this, I just asked you a million questions because I was so curious about like your motivation. I know. I didn't even know either. I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, I should say like the option to have them put back on for a second time was there that was that was laid out for me and again it's just decisions and it's just uh, th- there's no right or wrong there's just i'm just trying to think about what i will be the happiest with and i think ultimately i do need that bit of control about where things sit about what it looks like about the placement so Unfortunately, like we said, you are not, you're going to be asleep. Yeah. And I'll be asleep. And I'm like, I can't do, I can't do it again. I can't, the risk is too much. I can't risk it again for them to, you know, uh, maybe not heal the way I want them to the second time. Healing nipples is not that fun in general. So, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think I could mentally do that. Like I've had mine pierced and they never healed and it was awful. We can't imagine having my nipple, yeah. <laughs> my full nipple taken off and then put back on and that healing process. Of course. And then, so just to do that a second time, I'm like, no, 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 that's okay. So without the nipple there, I'm, because again, nipple tissue is quite sensitive. Right. When talking to the doctor about your options, in theory, will your recovery be, recovery be slightly better? or easier, I guess, without having to heal that area. Oh, yeah, 100%. So, yeah, it will, especially because they're not really taking away all of, like, the breast tissue that's already done. Um, I had drains the first time. It involved liposuction, which was kind of harsh on my body. None of that will happen this time. This is cosmetic, like, ultimately. So it's a little baby surgery compared to the last, not to minimize it. No, of course. Uh, Yeah, I know it's just a little one. He didn't seem concerned about it. He said it was reasonable. They're pretty much just going to take off my nipples and then close the scars again and just like give them like that clean line again. So that's what I'll have to focus on to heal up. And then I don't have to rush 
right? Because my, you know, my body will change again and it'll heal again. And so I think, um, yeah, I'll be nippleless for a while, (laughs) I suppose. But in my mind, like, it's not like I, it's not like I really have like, what are you doing with them? Yeah. What am I doing with them right now? Like not a lot. Like they really are just aesthetic at this point. Um, so I may as well have them look in their best. Agreed. I am so excited for <laughs> you and to con- to get to the other end of this, like tattoos on yeah. everything. You have the nipples you've always dreamed of. of course. And I do picture you just this excited Cameron smiling for quite a while after. Cause it will, like, I think it will, as you said, it, you think about it a lot. Imagine how much, thinking time you'll have i know i will be able to who knows what there is to think about i'll find out i guess i know you know who knows what that time will entail yes us hanging out together hopefully (laughs) once this all the once covid is over (laughs) we can only hope eventually we'll be able to See other. Maybe by the time that happens, I'll have these beautiful tattooed nipples. So to show off, <laughs> want to be a lockdown that long, Cameron? <laughs> I can't. I can't. I will be um, living alone soon, though. So I might go crazy being alone in my apartment. Who knows? Let's talk testosterone. You mentioned it. And again, I'm just going to explain to listeners what testosterone is. So testosterone is a hormone usually given to female to male transitioning humans as part of hormone therapy. The point of this is that it can result in the redistribution of weight. The eyes and the face become more angular, muscle mass increases, and the vocal cords thicken, which results in a deepening of the voice. And with that, it also comes with hair growth on the face, the chest, the back, arms, legs. And some people, they basically experience a second puberty, which can result in very heightened emotions. And I know as a teenager, that was the opposite of fun. When it comes to you, Cameron, what was the process like for you? And what changes have you experienced? Maybe not just physical, but mental as well and and in your life in general. Right. Well, I mean, you said it like that's the joke, like that it's second puberty, but it is. Um, I think that the difference is, you know, puberty the first time for anyone. Yeah, it's not that fun. You're, you're awkward. You're you're not that confident in what's going on. Well, so you have no idea what's going on. You have no idea what's going on. Um, teenagers are just kind of looked at as like these awkward things and people just expect that of them. Well, frankly, I think when I was growing up, we were awkward as teenagers. Now I look at teenagers and I'm like, what is this creature? Yeah, right. I'm also, I'm also referring to, yeah, the past of all of 10 years ago where things were simpler and different. Um, but. So I think the difference um, doing it, you know, later in life, like in my 20s, the the outlook is is a lot different. You're able to kind of laugh at it. Of course, like it's something I wanted. I wanted 
those changes to happen. I wanted mainly my uh, voice to be lower. And I knew that would all take time. And oh, my voice cracked. You know, it's just kind of funny to say the least. Like, yeah, the, the outlook on it is a lot different the second time around because you are an adult and it's a choice. No one asks to go through puberty, you know? Except when you do, except I did. So, I, you know, I just kind of had to take it. As far as, like, my emotions go, I I didn't actually know when I started testosterone how long I would take it for. There's no, like, set time. It's just kind of up to the individual. Uh, you can start, you can stop. Um, it's just whatever you see fit for yourself in the moment and whatever seems right. So... I was actually under the impression that I maybe wouldn't be on it for that long. I thought, you know, once I see a bit of the changes, once my voice deepens a bit, I might, I might take a break. So I was mostly looking for the physical changes. And what I wasn't expecting was to just feel so much better uh, mentally. I... I felt like for the first time, my emotions like were regulated. They, you know, estrogen sucks. Like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, at least for me, and it, it didn't fit in my body. And, and for some people it does. Um, but in my body, it was awful. It was giving, like I had crazy mood swings before testosterone. And I, I feel like I don't experience that anymore. So I just feel like my, my, like my mood is more stable and obviously like I feel better about myself in general. So, Which is really the point. As I understand it, hormone therapy is about a person feeling and looking the way they want to and the way they feel on the inside. And unfunny changes aside, it sounds like it actually regulated your moods instead of giving you mood swings. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. It did. So I think it is wonderful that there are things out there to help you with this and become your truest form of you. And I know that it always is going to change. Like when you got your top surgery, you weren't thinking, maybe I don't want these nipples. It is always evolving for you. And that is part of the beauty of what you're going through because you are still young. Are you fairly early on in your transition? Depends on what you're talking about. So like, I, I don't know. I came out as like trans non-binary, like uh, quite a while before I started taking hormones. Um, I didn't know when I came out as trans that I would take hormones. So it's just, yeah, it just depends on how you look at it. I feel like, and like to say early on or later, I don't know. Like, I feel like in my mind, like I'll never fully stop transitioning. It's just because I feel like my life is always in transition, you know, like who I am, what I'm doing. And I think my gender kind of just follows that or, maybe life follows my gender who knows uh but 
Which is lovely. And I think it's so wonderful that you're willing to grow and change because you're fairly, fairly young still. Um, you know, when I think that's amazing that you were able to do this at a young age, because I know quite a few people who kind of took a little longer to get there, but it doesn't really matter how long it takes you really, I think. No, no, it doesn't. It's about, you know, getting there and really listening to yourself. And it sounds like you're really good at listening to yourself and, Thank you. Yeah. Figuring out what will make you happy. And you realize that what makes you happy now might not make you happy, you know, three years from now. So you're, you're willing to evolve. Of course. Yeah. Except for that top surgery, obviously that's going to be the rest of your life. Yes. Yes. It just makes me so angry. (laughs) (laughs) How many like hoops and how much effort that it needs to get, you know, and even when it comes to like getting your testosterone, like roughly how long did it take for you to actually get a, you know, prescription? Um, well, yeah, it's, it's, that's, that would be different for everyone too. I did not have a family doctor in the moment. So it, it, it felt like it took a little while for me because I, I couldn't just go to walk-in clinic. I needed a family doctor. It took me a while to get one. Um, and then when I did, I kind of just had to, you know, keep seeing her. You have to do, you know, the, the regular like blood work tests, just like all of these things basically. Yeah. I kind of just had to prove someone, prove to someone that I was trans and, but my doctor's great. Like, it's not like she didn't believe me, but you know, she's just following her job and her guidelines and the things that she has to check off. So, um, yeah, not as long as top surgery, maybe it was was maybe like three, four months of that to get it. Yeah. Thank you for spending the time with me today. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for being curious and wanting to ask questions questions are fine don't dead name people (laughs) ask questions thanks for listening to this week's episode of humans are us never miss an episode by subscribing on apple podcasts spotify or wherever you get your podcasts remember to rate and review enjoyed this episode share with someone you think would love to connect with our growing community do you have a story to be shared Check out our website and send us an email or connect with us on Instagram at humansrs.